Well, Percy, we talked about this last week, but there is more to talk about regarding the topic of mental health and wellness. Yeah, and for those that follow us, and we thank you for that, you may have picked up on a theme here recently with regard to several different conversations that we've been holding. And and so as I continue to do my research regarding hot-button topics, there is no topic that I come across more frequently of late with regard to the impact of being a cancer patient than that of psychological trauma. And I know it's not popular and we, Mm -hmm. you know, it makes some people uncomfortable, but it's such a necessary discussion uh, and it's real and, you know, and it's important. So let's continue with more insight today around this subject as we continue this dialogue. Sheena Hildilla, an oncology psychiatric nurse practitioner, will join us again this week on Health, Hope and Inspiration. The following program is produced and sponsored by City of Hope, a world leader in cancer research, treatment, and prevention. Information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. Welcome, everyone. This is Health, Hope, and Inspiration with Reverend Percy McRae. Percy is National Director of Specialized Outreach for City of Hope and I'm Wayne Shepard, and I'm so happy to be here with Percy each week for these episodes. And and Percy, as we said, we talked last week about mental health and well-being, and we we talked about the fact that the brain needs care. We need to care for our brains. That, uh, That was something that we don't often think about. No, again, it was a revelation for me, again, in terms of just how that was languaged by uh, our guests that we're going to talk to again more today. You know, our brain, though our brain is powerful, it can do amazing things, but it's just as powerful as our brain is. It's also very delicate. And I think that we tend not to think about uh, the things that our brain can be exposed to in terms of shock trauma, Mm -hmm. you know, tension, anxiety that then can impact it, that requires recalibration, if I could use that term, Uh, or like a muscle, you know, if you don't, you know, if you don't use your muscle, you create atrophy, you know, it gets flabby. I think that there's a lot of terminology and thought around us being more conscious and aware of the health of our brain and taking better care of it. Yeah, we want to understand more about mental health and being a cancer patient. So we will by talking with a professional here today in just a few moments. Again, if you missed last week's episode, it's in the archive list. It's program number 386 in our series, and we urge you to listen to that program as well. Percy, we um, be honest with me now. We, we ask for listener comments and questions, and we give people the website and tell them how to reach us. Do you actually read every one of those that comes in? I do. I I get a report uh, that is sent to me and then I read those. I look through them. You know, some some comments are, you know, I I can't read on on air. You know, there are some things that just needs to be kind of left too too specific. I understand. Right. Right. But but certainly I read all of them and I I digest them accordingly. And so as we've mentioned, you know, one of the great things that has come out of our comments and questions that we receive is that I am getting more and more opportunity to meet people in the cancer community who have compelling conversations right, that they yeah. want to share with us. And and I find that fascinating because I know that people, there are people everywhere that have, you know, walked this path, but I don't have access to them. I don't know them directly or personally, 
But we have built a relationship, right, Wayne? We have created mm-hmm. a community here where everyone is welcome under this tent, regardless of your social economic background, your political affiliation, your religious orientation. Uh, you know, we want to continue to have conversation with anyone and everyone about the impact of cancer and what does that mean to them? Because there's someone else out there that will be able to relate to that story or gain some type of insight based upon hearing those truths. And so, uh, yeah, I read all of those comments. I get ideas for shows from the, from the comments as well. So I, it's become a great tool and resource for me in terms of executive producing the show, for sure. Well, let's take advantage of it then. Let's uh, let's give Percy more reading material. Let's send him more comments and questions. <laughs> if you'd like to reach us, do that at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on Connect, and the drop-down box there will allow you to type in whatever you'd like to say to us. healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Connect. If you also click on Resources there, you'll find this week's featured resource, The Battle of the Mind. We talked about that last week. We'll talk more about it at the end of the program here today. Percy, last week you shared Scripture with us, which is just a fabulous uh, segment of Scripture from Romans chapter 12, we're talking about the mind today. Paul talks about renewing your mind. I'd like to circle back on that one again. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I did a word study one time. I don't have the exact number in my head now, but uh, I think it equated to that the New Testament talked equally, if not more, about our mind or our brain than it did our spirit. Mm. I'm going to let that resonate with you for okay. a second. Because I know that our Holy Scriptures are there for our spiritual edification, right? You know, to be better spiritual beings, to to grow in our, our faith. So equally, what's important here and what I extrapolate from that is that the, old, the New Testament talks uh, just as much about our mind as it does our spirit hmm. equally. And so, yes, we are spiritual beings. We are trying to grow in our spiritual being, uh, our spiritual development. But at the end of the day, there's something also being admonished to us about uh, being mindful of our mind and how we think and what's going on in our thought life. And so uh, Romans 12, 2 is kind of the foundational scripture that I always go to when I refer to thinking about uh, our mind. There's tons of them, you know, let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. What kind of mind did he have, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But Romans 12, 2 really just drives the point home. And it tells us that I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Well, we're trying to do some things with our physical being. And in the cancer community space, we're trying to get well. We're trying to deal with the the rigors and the impact of sickness and disease. That's a physical dynamic. But the question is, how do we do that according to this text? It says, well, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, which is suggesting that there can be an impact upon us physically based upon what's going on with us mentally. And so we know this to be true with regard to data and statistics that we have read and that we have cited with regard to the oncology space there is a dynamic of psychological uh, attack, if you will, anxiety, and and in some cases, a PTSD that is taking place. And we need to make sure that we're addressing that and we're having conversation about that. And so that's what this scripture okay. helps to frame this conversation around. 
We're going to feature today's guest in just a moment here on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. This program is sponsored by and produced by City of Hope with locations in California, Georgia, Illinois, and Arizona. City of Hope is a national oncology network of hospitals and outpatient care centers offering an integrated approach that combines surgery, radiation, chemotherapy, immunotherapy, and advancements in precision medicine with supportive therapies to manage side effects and enhance quality of life during treatment and into survivorship. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about City of Hope or contact a member of their team with questions you may have about your treatment options. And you can do that by simply calling 866-712-HOPE, 866-712-4673. City of Hope uses a patient-centered approach and a wide range of technologies and techniques to deliver advancements in precision medicine with supportive therapies like spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Hey, 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 it's me, Pastor Pete, and I am back again with another compelling conversation. And in this particular case, a follow-up from a conversation that we had last week uh, and the last time that you heard from me, and that is to continue along the lines of conversation about dealing with mental health and mental health wellness and the cancer community. That's what we've been talking about. And to help us with this discussion and to try to unpack and understand this environment a little bit is Sheena Hill Dilla. She was with us last time. Uh, So this is part two of that conversation because there was so much uh, that we had with this discussion. I didn't want to try to cram everything into one session and then we kind of overlooked something. And we unpacked a little bit what is mental health, what are some of the dynamics, how does that impact the cancer community, the value you and the importance of mental health. And now that that's that's become a much more open conversation in the town square, people are openly talking about their mental health issues. They're seeking out mental health uh, professionals. And so today we want to circle back and kind of get an idea of how this professional engages with her patients when called upon. So with that, welcome back to the show, Sheena. Thank you for joining me again. I so appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me again. Well, with that being said, we had a lot that we tried to cover and we're going to try to give people a sense of inside of the walls, you know, give them some be some inside insights uh, with regard to uh, a day in the life of uh, of a mental health professional. You are a psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner. And I thought that it would be helpful to kind of, you know, just unpack a little bit. Uh, what happens when you are either, you know, notified, uh, a patient may request uh, to have a conversation with someone like you, or maybe someone on the health team, uh, the medical team will say, listen, this patient probably could benefit from a conversation with you. Let's mm-hmm. start at the top of how does that engagement work with you and some of the things that you step through to begin to provide uh, appropriate support for someone from a mental health perspective? Okay, well, um, so initially, um, patients get referred to me from either their medical oncologist, um, you know, the providers within the hospital, they'll yeah. refer um, patients to me for a consultation. Um, and so they, you know, they come and see me. Um, basically, the first thing I do with patients is, um, you know, kind of go over um, their history. Okay. So again, just to kind of... Um, you know, just to kind of bring this up again, I do a dual role right now um, with um, with my role. I do 
you know, the assessing, um, the um, diagnosing and treatment, which is also known as medication management. And I also do supportive psychotherapy for my visits. So I incorporate that into that. So, um, you know, after the introduction with patients on my role, um, I usually, you know, do um, an interview with the patient. Okay. Um, I want to know about their history. They're more so on a psychiatric, from a psychiatric standpoint, um, psychiatric family history, any um, history of trauma or abuse, um, any ah. substance use, you know. So those are all the things that um, that I would ask the patient in addition to of course, their medical issue and their cancer diagnosis. So you're not, so I just want to be clear, you're not being nosy trying to get in anybody's business. You're trying to understand <laughs> the backstory that possibly That's true. that there may be some other contributing elements or factors. And then the cancer diagnosis, and correct me if I'm wrong, may just be a tipping point that then pushes people into a mental and emotional place that is a culmination of other things that may have happened prior to even being diagnosed with cancer. Is that what I'm hearing? That's correct. Okay. Some have pre-existing uh, mental health condition and some are like, okay, well, you know, I did good. I did therapy. Everything was controlled. Um, some are not on any medication and then come cancer diagnosis, it exacerbated. And now they have those, you know, the symptoms of the depression of the anxiety or whatever that may, you know, other um, symptoms they may be experiencing. So I do have to know um, from a psychiatric standpoint and their history okay. on what they're going through. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot to consider in psychiatry as well, because I have to think about other psychiatric um, illnesses and not just that I think the obvious of depression, anxiety. You know, I got to think about bipolar, you know, psychosis, ah, okay. schizophrenia, you know. So those are other things that I have to consider as well, because medication management you know, basically um, has a lot to do with history, Yeah, yeah. you know, uh, making sure that I give the right uh, medication that's best and safe for them. Okay. So I do have to learn all those history. Um, so both medical um, and especially psychiatric history. Um, psychiatric history is a little sensitive topic to I was talk gonna, about. I was going to go there. <laughs> I was going to go there. So I don't want to cut you off, but at, at the thought that jumped in my head And, you know, maybe we can unpack this a little bit is particularly when we talk about, quote unquote, uh, for at least from the community that I came from and and the and the social uh, background uh, environment that I grew up in. You know, I came from the south side of Chicago, you know, an African-American community, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And at any point in time, if you ever even thought of or heard someone talk about being medicated for some type of psychiatric or psychosocial dynamic the stigma that went with that was unbelievable no one would dare say that mention that and in many cases even consider it if it was viable and again i want to say as a disclaimer uh we are not saying that people should or should not be prescribed any type of medication that is a conversation that you need to have with your health care provider we are not making any medical recommendations here we're just talking about the the possibility of process of things that's in your day-to-day work let's talk about the dynamic of as you said that sensitive kind of psychiatric and then that medical component where there may be you know possibly some medications that may need to be recommended let's talk about it a little bit Sure. Um, 
So, you know, it's again, um, psychiatric is, is such a sensitive topic for many. And I do have quite a few patients that are kind of, you know, um, have this skepticism of, yeah. you know, of um, medication, of just psychiatry in general. Right. But, you know, I, I this is where us providers have to do education for our patients. Education is huge. So I do a, a psychoeducation on, okay, if, if you are being diagnosed, if I'm diagnosing you with this, you know, for example, depression, right. this is the, the, this is what happens in your brain that may lead to the imbalance or the dysregulation of neurotransmitters. So I do education on patients with depression and anxiety, um, you know, so whatever it is that their actual diagnosis is, I do an education on them. Um, I educate them on medications that not all medications are bad. It's just they did, they had a lack of education on those medications that, you know, kind of scared them to not want to even try or consider it. Okay. Or they've seen an individual or like a friend or family members that were on an antidepressant or antipsychotic that was just not a good thing and had some sort of uh, adverse reaction to it and they got scared. So I do a lot of education on the patients, you know, um, both medication and the, the diagnosis so that way they can understand. Um, and simply put, I always tell them, our mind is so important, right? Our brain is so important. It's Amy's an organ. Tender it's loving a, care. It's That's an organ. Right. I love it. It is. Yes, it is an organ. We're forgetting that we need to take care of that, you know. Why are we not, we're not discriminate, we don't discriminate against someone with high blood pressure, right? Or cool. someone that has diabetes. Right. It's not their fault they have that. So why are we being discriminated for someone that has some mental, um, you know, that needs mental health or that needs to go on medication? It's not, it's, you know, if anything, it's more so for us to take care of that because it's so important because it regulates a lot of emotions and, and things throughout our body. <laughs> so it's really an important thing yeah, yeah. to take care of. Well, I, I love, and and you're exactly right, and I appreciate, again, what the I have a, even a greater appreciation for the work that you do and people like you because I would have to imagine there are some days, depending on who you're talking to, when people ask, what do you do for a living? You may have to think twice, do I want to really tell them what I do for a living? Because of, again, because of the, the historical public uh -huh. stigma associated with, oh, I don't want her to try to psychoanalyze me. She's going to try to figure me out. She's going to read my mail kind of thing. Uh, it's the same thing that I go through when I tell people that I'm a pastor and I'm a minister. Some, it, people react very, it depends on who you're talking to. There's like, oh, okay, you know, don't send me to hell. I don't, I don't want you to talk to me about going to church, you know. So having said that, what was interesting to me, and I read some information uh, on our first uh, conversation and interview that we had, and I want to read another uh, component that I, that I got out of that uh, document. And this is based upon some information that was printed uh, and published by the National Behavioral Health Network. So if you're interested, uh, go to National Behavioral Health Network. But here's a statement that I thought I'd read. It says, researchers examined the impact of psychologists-led small group sessions that offered strategies for reducing stress, improving mood, changing health-related behaviors, and adhering to a treatment plan. Let's talk a little bit 
once you kind of get through your assessment, you just kind of gave us a nice idea of, you know, you're 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 called upon a consultation. You kind of do a, a you kind of check into some history of some things. You I'm obviously I'm sure you're building rapport and relationship so that people will feel comfortable with you and kind of and then you're doing some education. So which is which is huge. When we get into the areas of maybe some recommendations, let's talk about some areas of things that may be, obviously there may be a, a need for some, some medications to be uh, suggested, and that's a whole nother, you know, complex conversation. What say you about some of these other aspects of strategies, you know, support groups, meditation, uh, you know, walking in the woods, you know, getting into nature. I'm just trying to uh, call upon some things that I've seen and I've heard that that do benefit people uh, to help them kind of manage some of their mental health. Let's talk about some possible outlets that that could be considered uh, that may be of use along with other good good clinical care. Sure. Yes. Yeah, so. In addition to uh, my day, so after all I do the um, after my interview and yep. you know and educations and and stuff, um, I incorporate supportive psychotherapy. So this is now where we go into okay, you know, emotional support. Um, they you know encouragement, um, validating um, their emotions, okay. their it. feelings. Yeah. So I go into that. Um, so, you know, of course, this is a private conversation between us. And so um, depending on what's going on, depending on the stressors, depending on, on what's going on with the patient, um, this is where I would recommend, um, you know, psychotherapy. Psychotherapy is huge. Um, you know, it's, it's a nice, it's a good resource to have to be able to talk to someone on a regular basis, okay. such as therapists or psychologists. Um, a lot are, you know, a lot of people want to see a clinical psychologist because they can relate more to their chronic disease or their cancer. Okay. Um, so they're more clinical. But, you know, these are some of the supports that is so huge um, that I have, you know, that I, I strongly recommend in addition to if someone needs to be on medication, in addition to that, because it helps them, um, you know, process emotions. Yeah. They, it validates their emotions, their feelings. Okay. Um, and then along the way, you know, they will also help with coping skills. Um, some of the, the, you know, basic coping skills I teach patients are, you know, first of all, self-care. I can't, I can't emphasize that enough, how important self-care is. It's taking care of yourself first. You know, you want to be, you know, mentally healthier, emotionally yeah. healthier. You know, those are some of the things that needs to be taken care of first. Um, and then um, depending on the symptoms they're experiencing, um, there are a lot of um, negative thoughts that goes into this, you know, um, overwhelming emotion. So I try to help them reframe that, okay. you know, let's reframe um, negative thoughts into something more, into a, a positive light, okay. something a little bit more positive. Yeah, I understand. So, um, you know, deep breathing exercises for anxiety, okay. um, relaxation music okay. to help decrease anxiety. Um, I encourage not to isolate from mm. from social interactions or from family because yeah. that's one of the symptoms one. of depression is that isolating yourself from people, yeah. right? Yeah. So um, I encourage doing things like even just slowly doing things they enjoy. Um, those are some of the things that can help lift the mood, uh, you know, and 
and so therapeutic for for all of us. And that's why it's so important to know what are I love to know activities and, and habits of my patients, because then I incorporate that into their supportive psychotherapy. Okay. You know, remember, you like, for example, you like, you know, crafts and arts. Right. Why don't you go ahead and do that? You know, it right. doesn't require a lot of you know, um, you know, it doesn't require a lot of energy because a lot of patients are tired, fatigue, you know, yeah. um, and they just have no energy. So at least they can sit there and do arts and crafts. That's therapeutic. Sure. That helps with mood. That helps with anxiety. Um, if, you know, if I huge thing too is um, going for walks. Okay. As tolerated, of course, sure. you know. Yeah. If it means going and have a walk in your backyard, just go in circles or or something like that, just being out there, that's huge. Um, it's just, you know, the more active we are, the more um, we do things we enjoy, the more we're around people. Those are a lot, those are big things that helps, you know, with this, the, a lot of the emotional, okay. um, the emotions and, 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 you know, things that goes, you know, that they experience. Got it. Well, I can tell, first of all, listen, you're a joy to talk to. I am so grateful <laughs> oh, that you were recommended to me by my friend and my brother. I'm going to give him a shout out here. Reverend Jeff Paparone. <laughs> yes. And he said, you've got to talk. You've got to talk to Sheena. She, she is going to be <laughs> worth the effort. And you certainly have been, um, I could talk to you all day, uh, and and at some point maybe we'll circle back and have another conversation. Sure, I definitely. Want, I want to close uh, on this point. There was a lot there that you said, and uh, and and uh, such good information. What what would be in closing? Um, what would you say continues to give you hope for the work that you do, or for being the person that you are? What keeps you hopeful? What keeps your uh, the image that I have now from this conversation, to be perfectly honest with you, and this may be the title of the show, I'm not sure, is uh, remember that your your brain is a muscle and it needs to be massaged. You know, just like any other yes. organ or any other, you know, joint, you know, it gets tired, it gets stressed, you know, and it needs massaging to kind of help decompress whatever that tension is. What what? What is it that keeps your muscle massaged uh, and, and keeps you hopeful to do the work that you do? Um, I'm so glad you said that. Well, first of all, I um, this is what I always tell my patients that when I do supportive psychotherapy with them and I ask them to and, and I continue to encourage them, you know, to do all these coping skills. Right. Um I always tell them our brain, you think of it as a physical therapy for your brain. Absolutely. Okay? The more you use it, the more you apply it, it will strengthen the positivity and it will strengthen us mm. mentally healthier, mm. right? So I always encourage that, you know, I encourage to everyone on my patient that, hey, you know, listen, coping skills, it's a hard work because we don't wake up the next day and go, aha, we're, we know how to do this coping skills. No, it takes a lot of practice. It's continuous, it's repetition. So the more you do it, you know, the the better your your brain will be, it will be health, you know, mentally healthier. So you're doing a physical therapy for your brain, as I always say to my patients. So <laughs> and they're like, oh yeah, okay, I get it. I okay. And so, um, but what keeps me going is my patients, really. Um, I get to sit, you know, to see their progress. Um, it's such a joy to see them come back and go, oh my gosh. 
I did this, da 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 da. You told me these coping skills. I did this, um, and I, you know, I feel so much better. Um, I was able to validate how I feel with my family, you yeah. know, or or tell them how I feel because no one understands what I'm going through. Yeah. So, um, you know, the encouragement of all those things is it's so it's such a. It, I'm just so grateful, basically. Um, you know, to me, it's like priceless. I'm like, oh, wow. You know, like I made a difference in someone's lives, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I may not, as I always say, I'm, I may not, um, you know, um, you know, just, just the impact I have on patients. Um, that's their world that I'm, I'm impacting, right? right. And so I, I might not change the world, but I can change a world, their world Absolutely. for them. So, they they get me going. <laughs> well, today you have heard from my friend and psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner, Sheena Hill Dilla. Uh, you just heard her heart. You heard her motivation and you heard what she does on a daily basis with cancer patients uh, working at City of Hope uh, Phoenix Hospital. She has been there for 11 years. Uh, she's a mom. She's a wife. Uh, she's experienced the impact of cancer personally with family members. And so today we salute you, my dear. We say thank you for what you do. And I am grateful uh, for the for the gift that you have and what you bring to the bedside to patients every day. You are making a difference. And so with that, we pray for your continued mental, emotional, physical and spiritual well-being and strength as you continue to serve cancer patients everywhere. Thank you for being on Health, Hope and Inspiration. Thank you so much for having me. Such a pleasure. Thank you. We'll talk more with Percy here in just a moment. We are excited to announce that Health, Hope, and Inspiration and Abide Meditations are teaming up to make a premium subscription of Abide's mobile app free to the HHI community. Talk about renewing our mind. Abide makes Bible meditations delightful. You can learn to meditate in five minutes a day and rest peacefully with Abide's Bible-based sleep stories. Text HHI to 22433 for your free subscription. You can quiet your mind and relax your body. Text HHI to 22433. Once again, the letters HHI to 22433. Sign up for this free app, and we believe you'll be blessed and encouraged. Percy, it was so interesting today to hear the uh, the work of this, this nurse, this oncology psychiatric nurse practitioner at the City of Hope. Yeah, again, what do we think about, Wayne, when we think about people in, in the healthcare setting? We think about the doc, we think about the nurses, we sure, think about yeah. the radiologists, but we don't think about or we don't consider that there is someone on staff there to help us kind of work through our mental health dynamics. And that's what a psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner does. In this particular case, Sheena, who helped us understand the day and the life of how she supports patients, how she gets engaged, she's contacted you know, through referral from the doc or from the medical team or from the patient themselves. And then she begins an assessment process where she comes and sits down. She tries to get a sense of, you know, some background history of what has happened in their life. What, what kind of traumatic events have they been through? You know, what's going on with them that may have precipitated and led to an opportunity that cancer may have just been the tipping point. Mm -hmm. See, I, I think that this is really important because we forget People with cancer don't just only have cancer. They no. have other things that's of going course, on in their course, life. Yes. 
other things that has happened to them. And so she's there to try to get a sense of what what is taking place to kind of create this mosaic or this picture or this snapshot that then cancer came along and it just tilted the scale in a direction where now a patient feels out of control or they feel like they don't have emotional uh, balance or whatever the dynamic is. Her job is to kind of create and assess uh, a situation and then hopefully make some recommendations for some coping skills either through, you know, uh, support groups, uh, if necessary, you know, uh, medication, if necessary. But she's there to kind of figure out where that person is, where have they been. And now that they're in the throes of a cancer diagnosis, what do what does this person need now to work through this process? And it's very important. Well, it gives me a lot of hope and confidence to know that this base is being covered. <laughs> yeah, it's a good way of putting it because... Uh, here's the thing, and here's the deal, and she talked about it, you know, that there is still, unfortunately, for some, a, a uh, you know, a, a sense of people being uncomfortable mm-hmm. either acknowledging or sharing that maybe I, I, I need some help from a mental yeah. wellness perspective. Sure, there's and a, a stigma sti- attached, isn't And there? a stigma, yeah, and yeah. that's the word that I was trying to pull up, associated with this conversation. And she was very adamant in saying, that she is working very hard to try to eliminate that stigma because in many cases there are people who are rejecting help who really need it and who can benefit from it. And ultimately it may be prohibiting, and I use the word may, uh, be prohibiting their ability to move forward with their overall process and prognosis of, if nothing else, just continuing with their care plan and et cetera. So we can't eliminate and lose sight of of this dynamic of mental health within the oncology space. We just can't forget about it. What did she say that what she does is physical therapy for the brain? I love this. Again, I, I walked away with so many gems from her because, again, it changed my perspective and perception about what, what she's what she does with people from a mental health perspective. And she associates her work with being associated with physical therapy for the brain. And anyone who's ever gone through any type of physical therapy, I certainly have been through physical Mm -hmm. therapy. You know, you understand the value and the importance of working uh, an appendage, a limb, uh, to strengthen it, you know, to regain motion, flexibility, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And some of those exercises are repetitive. In some cases, they're painful. Mm-hmm. They're uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, I ruptured my Achilles tendon, you know, about Ooh. 15 years ago. Oh. Uh, last time I stepped on a basketball court, right? <laughs> so, uh <laughs> And man, you know, uh, the rehab was worse than the injury. Yeah, and, and yeah. you know, and when I, I had to go to rehab and I had to go to get physical therapy, it was just excruciating uh, in terms of having to work that part of my body to re-strengthen it and to give it flexibility. Percy, well, no, no pain, no gain. You know that, what they exactly. say. <laughs> so let's think about potentially uh, our brains having been injured or damaged, you know, by hurts by things that people did or said to us, bad relationships, whatever the dynamic is, because I don't want to marginalize anyone because, there, you know, any any series of things could have damaged or hurt us in, in our brain. Well, it, we need to rehab that. You know, it needs to be rehabilitated. You know, it needs some physical therapy. And that's exactly what this healthcare professional uh, says she brings to the table and to the bedside every day of helping people 
kind of rehab and, and provide physical therapy for their brain because it's an organ. It is sensitive, and it requires being serviced at the end of the day. It's an amazing school of thought. Well, two ideas. Number one is you may want to go back and listen to both of these programs featuring Sheena uh, last week and this week. HealthHopeAndInspiration.com is the place you can go and other podcast platforms. The other idea is to download our free resource, The Battle of the Mind. Percy, will you describe this so listeners know what they're asking for? Again, it's a it's a resource that simply has been written to kind of highlight the fact, though we may be spiritual beings, though we are on a spiritual journey, there is also still the dynamic of what's going on inside of our thoughts and our thinking and our brain. The New Testament talks equally as much about our mind as it does our spirit. My takeaway from that is that we need to give equal time to uh, focus and adjustment and thoughts around what do we do with our brain as much as we do with our spirit, because it's important to our well-being as a whole. And that is a holistic approach because we can't be all spiritual and then just completely ignore what's going on in our thinking. Yeah. Uh, so with that being said, there's a balance there. And with that, that's what this document is, desi- is designed to do, is to give people some practical, pragmatic uh, thoughts around what's going on with the battle of the fight of our brain and our thoughts and our thought life based upon what we see on TV, what we hear people talk about, what we read. All of that has an impact upon our brain and our mind, and we need to be mindful of that battle that is being waged every day. All right. Well, look it up online at healthhopeandinspiration.com, the featured resource, The Battle of the Mind, healthhopeandinspiration.com. I think we'll wrap it up right there, Percy, but thank you for bringing our guests to us these past two weeks, and I look forward to what we're talking about next time. Absolutely. With that being said, until the next time, again, we have work to do. We've got to work on our brain and our mind. We've got to work on our spirit and our body, which means we've got to keep chopping the wood because we've got things that's got to get done. And so don't give up. Don't give in. Until the next time, I'll talk to you very soon. Take care. God bless. Thanks for listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is sponsored by and produced by City of Hope, a world leader in cancer research, treatment, and prevention. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider City of Hope, a world leader in cancer research, treatment, and prevention. Our hospitals in California, Georgia, Illinois, and Arizona are dedicated to making a difference in the lives of cancer patients. Our team of more than 11,000 includes researchers, associates, scientists, doctors, nurses, allied health professionals, graduate students, fundraising specialists, marketing professionals, and volunteers and support staff, all united by our desire to find cures and save lives. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. City of Hope is dedicated to tailoring a combination of cancer treatments to the needs of each individual patient. From advanced genomic testing to state-of-the-art technologies and evidence-informed supportive care therapies like spiritual support that target cancer-related side effects, comprehensive services are delivered by a team of cancer experts. Our national network also includes many clinical care locations, offering consultations and other medical services in a convenient outpatient setting. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.